it's just great to see so many people here on this wonderful Christmas morn and uh, to center around Jesus. And um, just for a, a moment or two, we just want to just bring a thought from the Word of God this morning. And uh, we pray that God will just encourage each of us. That's a great carol. And um, uh, the winter, thankfully, this year has not been quite so bleak as recent ones. Um, but um, we'll see where we go with that. And, of course, uh, people that have been flooded over the last few days would have felt it incredibly bleak. And we think of them today. And um, I, I like that video because it sort of seemed to shed about four stones. So that was, that was really nice. And... and uh, and uh, so that was very complimentary. I'm going to bring a verse to us in a moment, but um, it seems to me that uh, as we think about Christmas today, Christmas Day, and uh, maybe some of you are going to enjoy the day here, uh, others are going to be with uh, family and friends, and uh, various arrangements, some people uh, enjoying the family table, other people going out, and maybe arrangements this evening. Uh, it is a great time to be able to come together, but it just struck me as I was reading something in the press just on Monday, that uh, lots of people have other ideas for what Christmas Day is about. For instance, last year, 8,000 motorists logged on on Christmas Day to the DVLA to update their task disk. How about that? And 1,548 people filed to the HMRC their tax return for last year, on Christmas Day, last year. And 100,000 nationwide customers did internet banking on Christmas Day, last year. And they reckon that uh, this year, today, Christmas Day, there'll be 117 million visits from people in the UK to retail websites. So lots of people have got all sorts of things going off on Christmas Day. Here's a really sort of original thought. How about putting the computer down for a day and talking to somebody? That'd be really good, wouldn't it? That would really, really be good. There's 16,000 shops open today in, in, in England when it used to be complete shutdown. Part of that, I think... <clears throat> In joking aside, is that people are forever looking for something they've not yet found. His name's Jesus. And whilst we absolutely, and I was just reflecting on it in the quietness of this morning, and in our house on Christmas Day now, it is very quiet, um, other, other than uh, perhaps other people have experienced. But um, it'll get noisier as the day goes on. But, um, but the, the, in the quietness of the moment, the fact is that we just love giving gifts. And, and as I've said before, a gift sometimes is just a thoughtful message on a Christmas card. It's a great gift to people. And uh, I, I've received encouragement and I've been glad to give encouragement on this season. And the reality is that it is good to give gifts and just enjoy the kids this morning. Fantastic. But if that's just it, and we fail to center upon the gift, then we have absolutely missed it. And I'll say, friends, that, you know, however much that we've got, it will never give us what we need. Because as someone once said, there is something shaped within our hearts that can only be filled by the Lord. And when we come to a place, as Andy and Julie sang to us, of giving our heart to God, giving our being to him, he does something absolutely amazing. Chris is going to put a verse up for us, uh, which is a little bit obscure perhaps to some of you, but it's a book in the Old Testament. In, in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, he says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are small amongst the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. And those of you that have been believers for some time will know that in the Old Testament, there were often prophetic verses that spoke about the coming of Jesus to the earth. And this year, I set out at the beginning of this year, and it seems to have gone so very quickly, just a few things that I wanted to do in terms of being intentional this year. One of them was for 
although I read the Bible on a regular basis and have the joy of seeking to communicate it as well, this year, as a, as a communicator, I wanted also to read the Bible all the way through again. And courtesy of you version, they've kept me on track. In fact, they send me an email sometimes if I've missed a day or two and say, are you aware? And I'm racing back thinking, I didn't realize I'd missed it, but they keep me right on track. And I'm pleased to say that on Christmas Day 2013, I'm right on the button. I've read 94% of the Bible. I've just got 6% to do in the final few days of the year. And over the last few weeks as we've approached Christmas time, the Bible reading plan has taken us to what are known as the Minor Prophets. They're 12 books at the end of the Old Testament that very few people read, but they are part of the Bible. They're not minor in terms of less importance, but they're simply being compared with Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah that are very major and long. And these books have something clearly had something to say then, and we have to put them in a context. But in the inspiration of the Bible, they also have something to say to us now. And that's the beauty of the Bible. The prophets came often to a people, God's special people of the Old Testament, that had turned from him, that had been feckless, that had backslidden, that had been cold in heart. And often the prophetic word was to call people back to the Lord. I want to say, friends, that that is still the prophetic challenge to the church today. Often it's a call for us to, quoting Christian in this season, to go deeper. And I'm thankful that we are a church that, if I can put this in its widest sense, seeks to be prophetic. In other words, it seeks to live in the now of God. It's not forever talking about the past, which we are utterly honoring of, but it, speak, it seeks to live in the now of what God is saying that will take us into the future. And the reason sometimes that churches don't want to live in the now is because the now can be uncomfortable. Because it will continually urge us on a journey to go deeper and wider and stronger in the Lord. It will challenge those areas of our heart that are yet not submitted. It will bring us to a place where we'll continually give of ourselves to the Lord. And Micah was one of those prophets and he brings a word to the people but within all of that... In the inspiration of God speaking to these men and women, sometimes something came that lifted it even beyond the confines of its immediacy to give us a glimpse into God's heart in what he wanted to do in Jesus. And here we read that out of Bethlehem, even today, still a very, very insignificant little town in Israel, would come the ruler of all, the ancient of days, and his name was Jesus. We sing a carol, oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light. And in these few moments, I want to encourage us today that God is forever <clears throat> brooding over obscurity. He's drawn to it. And God is forever drawing people out of seemingly the obscure to use them in amazing ways. You see, Jesus patterned something that God has repeated thousands and thousands and thousands of times. The seemingly unknown, unimportant, unordinary God comes to, to use in an amazing way so that only he could get the glory. You see, here we are, friends, 2,000 years since the birth of Jesus and a little bit more. And then Jesus living for just over 30 years in the earth and giving his life upon the cross and being raised the third day. And as a Christian church, we believe all of those things with a passion. 40 days later, going back to heaven and forever since making intercession for us and ministering out into the earth, say, well, what did all that mean? Well, what it meant, friends, is that has impacted the world in a most incredible way. 
Today, in the earth, people that, that, we, that have known what we would call a spirit-filled experience, Pentecostal stroke charismatic believers number well over 550 million people in the earth. It all started there, in a stable, with a little baby born in a manger in the little town of Bethlehem. People, friends, have given their lives literally for the course, and they've certainly given their lives spiritually in following Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, because you may be one of those people, like we often feel, that are seemingly unknown, seemingly unimportant, and seemingly living out the ordinary ordinariness of life and the day to believe that that's exactly where God comes and he wants to take hold of us whether we've never come to faith or whether we've been on this journey for quite a time now he wants to take hold of us in the coming days prophetically and use us in a way that is way beyond our imagination and so notice this this morning nobody's become somebody's Christian reminded us in his message on Sunday as he spoke from uh, spoke a challenging word and he quoted from the end of 1 Corinthians 1 from the message how that God takes people that seemingly are nothing, nobodies, to use them in an amazing, amazing way. We live in a celebrity culture, but God's not phased by that. Listen, if you think that you're somebody and you've never learned to be a nobody, you're in for a shock. And when I talk about being a nobody, I am not diminishing our value, our purpose, or our amazing identity in God. But it is in God, and it's not in you. And that's why we live in humility, because it's always about Him. And it's never about us. But if we will live in that place, if we will live in that place of being humble in spirit, then God's able to take hold of that sort of person. If we will be a church, friends, that will forever throw our dependency upon the Lord, then God's able to take hold of us and use us way beyond what seems could happen in the ordinary. You see, Moses, in the obscurity of the desert, was called. Gideon was the weakest of the tribe and was called. David was the least of the brothers and was called. Elisha was a plowman in the field and was called. God comes to nobodies, and he makes them somebodies. From this verse also, friends, we want to recognize that insignificant actions produce significant results. You see, remember the story. Jesus' parents were simply in Bethlehem on the basis of a census. And in the Roman culture and custom of the day, and the eastern place of where they found themselves, they were simply going back to the place of their birth to log their accounts so that the population could be numbered. A seemingly insignificant action. But God stepped in. Angelic visitations came. The purposes of the Lord aligned with this ordinary couple to bring the Savior, the God child, to the earth. And the reality is, friends, that we need to learn to make routine our friends. Because some days are simply routine. It's not explosions every day. As somebody used to say, it's not angels river dancing on the duvet every morning. It really isn't. Sometimes we just got to get on with it. Sometimes we just got to prepare that message, even when we don't feel anointed. Sometimes we've just got to go and see that person. Sometimes we've just got to go and make that call. You need to make routine your friend, then you'll get some things done. But the reality is in all of that, God breaks into the routine and ordinariness of our day to use us. 
You see, we've all heard of Dr. Billy Graham, now 95 years of age, certainly the greatest evangelist of what was the 20th century. And in that century, preached the good news of Jesus to more people than any other person on the planet. Now an old man, and now just writing and giving the occasional message that encourages the church in this season. We've all heard of him, but who's heard of S.D. Pravitz? He was the local businessman, the tailor that worked on the high street in the town where Billy Graham lived in North Carolina. And in that season, just after the war, late 19, uh, mid-1940s, there was an evangelist that came to, to, to uh, town with an exotic name of Mordecai Ham. And he preached the good news of Jesus in a tent. And a little farmer's boy called Billy Graham, 14, 15 years of age, went and received the good news of Jesus. He responded in ways that sometimes we encourage in arena to raise hand and then sometimes to come to the front. And after he'd come to the front, he was, he was, uh, he was appointed to go to be prayed for. And S.D. Pravitt, the local tailor, led Billy Graham to the Lord. Never heard of him since. But you see, insignificant actions can produce amazingly significant results. I want to tell you, friends, never underestimate that encouraging email you send to somebody. Never underestimate that telephone call. Never underestimate that cheery God bless you. Never underestimate that time when somebody says, will you pray for me? Because you can literally change somebody's life forever. Nobody can become somebody's insignificant actions produce significant results. And finally, location does not need to Inhibit our vision. Bethlehem. Not the obvious place. In fact, when the wise men came to seek the king, they went to the obvious place. It was the capital city, Jerusalem. And friends, we could think of London and Manchester and Birmingham and Newcastle and Leeds. And we could think of Chicago and New York and Los Angeles and Berlin and Bonn and Amsterdam and Copenhagen. And so we could go on. And Ilkeston and Mansfield. And the reality is some of you have felt that at times. Some of you have felt it deep in your spirit that sometimes it's been derided, demeaned. As though nothing could happen there. Can anything good come out of Ilkeston? Can anything good come out of the East Midlands M1 corridor? But you see, when God's on the case, location does not need to inhibit vision. Alfreton, Ashfield, Uthwaite. So we could go on. God's able to do amazing things. Dr. Dave Smith is at Kingsgate Church in Peterborough this morning. And Dave went there 25 years ago, having served the church for a little time in Oxford with his wife, with a call of God, no people, and planted a church. Dave's own description of Peterborough is it's known for two things, a bypass and the passport office. And it's flat, Cambridgeshire, flat, you know, no hills. But today, he has a church of 1,800 people in that town with massive influence into its community and ministering out to other situations because he's learned that location does not need to inhibit vision. I was reading about 1996, Smithton, Missouri, USA. Population, get this, of 532 people, a village. And a move of God came to that church that meant over the next five years from 1996, 250,000 people visited that church with tens of thousands of people becoming believers, people ignited with a revival spirit because location never inhibits vision. Dr. Dave Smith says these words that came prophetically to his own heart, think big or you'll limit me. And I want to tell you, friends, as the leadership of this church, we don't want 
our location to inhibit our vision because God's placed us here for such a time as this. I'm thinking of two friends of mine that I recently received an email from. You know, you know that I had the joy of just being in and out of Romania for 48 hours two weeks ago to connect with a pastor friend of mine for, who's been there for 20 years now. And, uh, and, and they're orchestrating a wonderful missionary move out of that formerly communist nation in this time. And it, 18 months ago, Sharon and me had the joy in August to speak at their missionary conference. And we hooked up in an afternoon with a couple called Marianella and Sandu. They had a passion to go to Namibia. It's border Kisses, South Africa. And here we received the email two weeks before Christmas. They're there. Not much older than Josh and Alan. In fact, probably similar age, but with a passion to serve their nation. And from their nation to go to another nation, another culture, because they wouldn't be limited by anything of the background. And then think of Marcel that used to be the administrator of the organization, that with his wife and his two children had a call to go to Madagascar. And when we were at the conference, there was a third child clearly on the way. And he came up to me and says, if it's a boy, we're going to call it Philip. And it was, and he did. Isn't that fantastic? And uh, they're now serving the Lord. You see, ordinary, insignificant people that God uses in an amazing way. And I've got some cards here of other missionaries from that organization going to Niger and Sudan and Iraq and Turkey and Afghanistan and Pakistan and India, serving the Lord from a formerly closed nation They didn't have missionaries until a few years ago. But God's come and ministered in an amazing way. Here's the truth of Micah 5, 2, friends, as we close. When you think nothing's happening, everything is. When you think God's off your case, he's on it. When you think you're in a dark place, light is just about to break out, as we've heard prophetically this morning. When you think you've been forgotten, you never have. When you think you're too bad for God, you're not. When you think you can't make a difference, you can. And when you think you're laboring in the wrong place, you're laboring in just the right place. 19th century Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli says, the secret of success in life is for people to be ready for their time when it comes. And God is proving over Bethlehems all over the world, friends. Looking for people that will recognize that in themselves they're nobodies, but in Jesus, in absolute humility, he can make them somebodies. Realizing that insignificant actions produce significant results and refusing to be defined by their location. I still describe often Ilkeston, you know, it's that town between Nottingham and Derby. You know, but friends, God's not bothered about that. God says if we will continue to come to him, if we will follow him, if we will run after him, if we will go deeper in him, then he can do Amazing things that only he can get the glory for that will ripple down the generations and touch tens of thousands of people for his glory. That's the Christmas message. Let's live in the light of it. Thank you.